Hello, happy Monday morning. Hope you're enjoying your commute to the office or wherever you're going. And welcome back to the third episode of Changing Room Thoughts. If you're new here, hi, my name is Karina. I do fashion commentary content, fashion history, fashion philosophy. Basically, we just like to sit down and chat about all things fashion. If you've ever had a single critical thought about personal style or the clothes that you wear, I think you're gonna like this podcast. Anyways, today's episode, I'm honestly a little nervous about recording because this is the first time I've done kind of an unscripted podcast, so we'll see how that goes. But um, I just kind of like the way I sound better when I don't have something scripted, and I definitely have enough thoughts to rant, so... um, that's the vibe we're going for today. I've got my coffee with me. Nice little Lantisy mug. As always, if uh, you're watching on YouTube or you've got Spotify video going on, I always describe very quickly what I'm wearing. Today, I'm wearing this graphic t-shirt, my favorite t-shirt. I get so many compliments and questions about this all the time on TikTok. It's this croissant with ribbons tied through it. It's from this Korean brand called Pert, P-E-H-R-T. Honestly, the shipping was pretty fast given that it was international. The cotton feels super soft and the artwork is obviously so cute. I met the artist at an art exhibition. Her name is Lena Sun Park and she makes all kinds of pastries with ribbons sewn through them. So if you're kind of like a Sandy Liang cottage core kind of energy I think you'll really like her anyways so today's episode I would love to talk about sustainability if you follow me on TikTok you're probably pretty up to date with how I feel about fast fashion fake designer bags etc but it's something I could go on and on for ages for so I figured I would sit down and do a podcast episode about it don't mind me I'm just eating some grapes so Maybe you'll also get some free ASMR. Okay. So I feel like fashion sustainability as a topic is so multifaceted and this could honestly become several more episodes or its own series if I wanted. Um, but I feel like fashion sustainability is one of those things for our generation I consider myself like Gen Zennial, but I consider fashion sustainability an existential problem for me because I love fashion. I love self-expression, but I'm also, I would say, educated and aware about its effects on the degradation of our planet, sustainability, and the overconsumption of natural resources, the exploitation of labor. And I don't necessarily want to get into that this episode, But what I want to talk about is how fashion and the fashion industry as a whole, as an infrastructure, supports this kind of sustainability and what functionally I've been thinking about that we could do about it, just kind of looking through the apparel manufacturing industry through a critical lens. First thing I want to talk my shit about is what we even consider the fashion industry, because I think this is very interesting to me as kind of someone who's always considered herself an outsider to fashion, looking in, um, when 
people think about the fashion industry, there's honestly really two fashion industries happening. There's apparel manufacturing type of fashion industry. This is your like supply chain people, the people managing and running factories, textile mills, kind of the less sexy back of the room stuff that ends up actually producing the products that you and I make, the t-shirt that I'm wearing, you know, if you think about it, someone had to weave this cotton, someone had to provide the ink for this printing, someone had to stitch the the shirt all together, and that's one aspect of the fashion industry that materializes and kind of elucidates fashion to you and me as the world is able to experience it for your everyday person. Then there is the side of the fashion industry that's vogue. It's less of actual creation of garment for mass consumption and more about creating hype, PR, culture, media. There's fashion that is sexy that people think about when they say they want to work in the fashion industry. Maybe working with a designer to come up with a very compelling seasonal garment that gets photographed, editorials, photo shoots, even skincare and beauty, even like home decor, celebrity culture, influencer culture. That's another side of the fashion industry that I think about. In my head, they're two very separated things because if you think about it a fashion editor at Vogue is not spending their time going to manufacturers and interviewing them about the most up-to-date practices about making clothes that's not what they're concerned about doing yet it feels like there's kind of a population-wide understanding that fashion is awful for the planet and we're paying attention to that fact but we're also paying attention to the trendiest new thing, what's going to be hot for fall, what's going to be hot for summer. So there's kind of a bifurcation, honestly, of incentives, attention, ethics. I think that's what leads to a lot of greenwashing. If you think about it, like fashion capitals are not actually where there are major apparel manufacturing industries. I think besides Italy, maybe, But like New York, France, Milan, London, most clothes, bags, shoes, accessories, most of it all gets made in Asia, South Asia, Southeast Asia. And people who pay attention to fashion in this country that keep up with essence sales, that read Vogue Runway, that read, that keep up with Heisnabayati, and all of the hype of the fashion industry are pretty far removed from apparel manufacturing. Like in this country, if you say you're interested in fashion, you're not really interested in the infrastructure of fashion that serves you and I clothes on the everyday basis. You're interested in fashion as a culture. So I feel like the people who have the most visibility and the most to say about fashion are also sometimes like not the most educated on the actual sustainability aspect of fashion. I think because our country doesn't have such an explicit and pervasive apparel manufacturing culture and industry, your average American is not actually feeling the effects of environmental degradation 
Like we know it's bad, but nothing is stopping your average American from going back on Amazon and buying more stuff or really participating with Shein. Like, yes, we are told that told how we should be feeling guilty. But unlike if you're, say, Chinese, I don't want to speak for all Chinese American people, but I feel like most of the Chinese or Chinese American friends that I know are at least one degree or two degrees separated from somebody who either works at a clothing manufacturing facility or operates like a clothing factory. And when you're so much closer to knowing what that's like, how much hard work goes into that, how many people are affected in that industry, you cannot help but think about it more often. And that's why I think there are more Asian American um, and Asian designers that are actually thinking very critically about sustainability, um, especially in the emerging designer category. So one example I think of is PH5. PH5 has done a lot of research in their sustainability practice, private policy. And in I would say most of their recent collections, they've always talked about some aspect of the environment. So for example, their most recent spring summer 24 collection was about, um, was inspired by people who are dedicated to saving the reefs. So I'm just gonna pause there. And anecdotally, um, excitingly as a tech girly who's also interested in fashion, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of like AAPI founded fashion tech startups I think about Resource, which is a New York-based startup that tries to make the apparel manufacturing process for small designers and small businesses more agile, more efficient, so that we can empower people to shop with their local businesses, their small businesses, and empower them to be able to create clothing at a scale that is successful for them, but ultimately still smaller than the likes of like H&M or any of your big box retailers. The idea being that if we can shift that dynamic and move the demand away from these fast fashion retailers that ultimately they would stop producing as much. The resource was founded by two Chinese women who both have parents that work in the apparel manufacturing industry. So they're able to see the inefficiencies and understand why clothing manufacturers don't necessarily always want to work with brands. If you've ever tried to start one or ever thought about it, you've probably run into this problem. But small brands, when they talk to clothing manufacturers, are hit with really high minimum order quantity requirements. Meaning, let's say Karina wants to start a clothing brand and she wants to make maybe like 20 of these t-shirts first to sell and see gauge how her brand is doing, you know, test out product market fit. If I go to a clothing manufacturer, they're not likely to work with me unless I buy at least like a hundred t-shirts. And the reason why clothing manufacturers do this is because it takes a lot of time and inefficiencies communicating from Chinese time to American time across different languages. And then you have to send your technical specifications, et cetera, et cetera. It's a lot of investment on the manufacturer's end and they wanna make sure that the payout is worth it 
So they charge a very high minimum order quantity. And that makes it really hard for small businesses and emerging designers to get their, to get their start because it's very capital intensive. So resource aims to shorten that gap by handling all of the translations, handling all of the in-between and the inefficiencies between getting your brand started from an idea to the first couple pieces. I think their turnaround time is like 10 days from first submitting your documentation to getting a sample, which is really phenomenal. So that's one example of a really cool fashion tech startup by Asian American women, girl boss. I really love them. And I think what they're doing is really game changing. The second startup that I've become familiar with recently also started by another Chinese American woman. Her name is Christy Chow and she started Hotline, like H-A-U-T-E, line like oat, uh, but hot. I'm just going to say Hotline. And she is doing luxury clothing rental. Now, before you click away, before you're like, yeah, yeah, we've seen it before. There's pickle, there's rent the runway. No, 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 no. The way that this woman has curated these clothes is immaculate. Like she very clearly has her finger on the pulse of fashion culture because she's got things like Fancy Club, Fiorucci, Sandy Liang, Shushu Tong. Like she gets all of the really hype up and coming designers whose price points are a little bit higher and definitely in the luxury luxury category that you actually want to rent because all of the stuff on Rent the Runway is kind of basic. It's not really that special. When you rent clothes, at least when I rent clothes, I want something that is a statement piece because if it were a basic and I really liked it, I probably would buy it, right? So what Christy is doing over at Hotline, I really like because I think as someone who has definitely wanted to try out these brands, but I don't have the funds to do so, this is a really great way for me to validate. This is a really great way for me to experience like the best of fashion. I really think that the future of the luxury clothing rental game is all about curation and Hotline is one of those rare situations where I see a blend of those two sides of the fashion industry the culture industry where Chrissy is picking all of the hottest designers and the most up-and-coming fashion the stuff that's all over TikTok and she also has a handle on how um, popularizing the rental of luxury fashion is going to ultimately take away the demand for the manufacture of unused or unworn garments so part of the revenue gained from the rental goes back to the clothing manufacturer or the retailer or the brand. So there's an incentive there to produce less and sell that clothing out wholesale to Hotline. I'm getting coffee with her next week. I'm excited to hear more about her thoughts on meaningful sustainability. I think that's the thing is like, for the longest time and what feels so frustrating is that we know that there's a problem with fashion and sustainability but no one has actually offered solutions to move the needle because the biggest problem isn't necessarily that like our clothes aren't made with recycled materials like yes that is solving one problem but at the end of the day, we are making way more things than we can possibly reasonably consume. There is a book on this. 
actually, I'm going to buy this book right now. But there's this book called The World is on Fire, But We're Still Buying Shoes. And it's by Alec Leach. Alec Leach used to be a fashion editor for High Snobiety. And basically, this book is him documenting how jaded he feels about sustainability in the fashion realm because as an editor he would go to all of these sustainability conferences these fashion sustainability talks and learn all about it but would feel so discontent and unsatisfied because there was so much greenwashing that despite all of these innovations in how the clothing is manufactured or how it's being marketed at the end of the day like it's great if you've figured out how to make viscose like like good for the environment but it doesn't change the fact that you're still making thousands of dresses no one's gonna wear like that's still a waste of time resources capital and probably leading to the exploitation of factory workers to do so so that's a book that I've been recommended that I've been really meaning to get into but yeah something that's been giving me so much hope is just this growing group that I've started to notice of girlies in tech and other like non-fashion related industries that have an interest in fashion that have shifted their focus to solving this problem in a meaningful way. Oh, another theory I have as to why sustainability in fashion is so bad is because even though we've gone through kind of a technological revolution, web two, then web three, and the internet and smartphones, et cetera, et cetera, I feel like Fashion as an industry as a whole has been overlooked by the technology technological innovations that have been applied to other industries because, and I did a lot of research into venture capital when I was an undergrad. I even wrote a book about it. You can actually find it on Amazon, shameless plug, but it was interviewing a lot of female VCs about their experience. I digress. My theory is that because venture capital has been responsible for funding so much innovation in the last few decades, but it is such a boys club. It is such a men's thing, a straight man's thing, that I think there's been underinvestment in fashion to become more sustainable. Actually, something that I find really interesting that most people don't know about is that, you know, we love to shit on Shein. Shein's major investor is Sequoia Capital, which is a very famous Silicon Valley VC. And you can see this reflected in their success and scale and growth because they basically took agile methodology, which is used across technology to iterate quickly and produce products that fulfill customer needs in an expedited way and applied it to the apparel manufacturing business. It's honestly, as a business feat, quite impressive. As a supply chain feat, really impressive. So if that is what we can accomplish with, the, with VC investment in a company that is fast fashion, what can we accomplish if we took the same level of capital and intention and invested it in supply chain innovations that are better for the environment? Some quick facts about Shein, because I talk about Shein a lot, and I feel like fast fashion is such a hot topic. Shein's valuation has humbly dropped by a third from $100 billion last year in April 
to 64 billion. I think there is a prevailing culture in technology and venture capital, especially because it's very male, that the kind of more hard science, more infrastructure, more like shipping and like software and enterprise, business to business, software as a service, like those industries get a lot of attention from tech and VC. But fashion is kind of seen as this frivolous thing. Like, like we all, we're all aware of the joke that software engineers don't dress well, that people in San Francisco don't dress well. It's kind of true. And there is this culture where if you do dress up a lot, it's just kind of like, why are you putting in so much effort to something that is really frivolous and unimportant? Like the whole Mark Zuckerberg wears the same black t-shirt and jeans because it's a waste of time to think about what you're going to wear. Like, I just think that's so sad because like self-expression through your clothes is such an integral part of the human experience. And it makes me so sad when my straight male friends tell me like, oh, like, love to wear that, but I feel like people would question my sexuality. Like, why can't you be able to fully express yourself without having to fear of the way people are going to judge your sexuality? Not me defending straight men. Ew. Anyways, um... But I think that that's really sad. And I really believe that we deserve to live in a world where we can choose to express ourselves, show off our individuality and experience the joy of wearing art without feeling guilty about what it's doing to the environment and without feeling shame about how other people are going to make unwanted judgments of you. Um, So... For me personally, I see myself and my life's work as being around this problem. That's it. That's today's episode. I feel like I've talked out all of my ranty thoughts about fashion sustainability. Let me know on Spotify how you feel about fashion sustainability. Can't wait to check in with you guys again on your commute to work next Monday. And if you can, please follow me on Spotify or subscribe to me on YouTube if you like the visuals. I'll see you guys next time. Bye.